0: Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, a podcast where we are looking back at Game of Thrones, an episode at a time. I am Chris Bolton, with me as always, our very own mountain, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And we are on Season 5, Episode 4, Sons of the Harpy. Uh, Another episode title that made my fucking heart sink, if I'm honest.
1: Yeah. Season five is one of those, though. I mean, the episode they give you an episode title, and they're they're these very grand titles when they refer to big, uh, what should be big story arcs. Um, but when you actually get into the episode, it's not as bad as it sounds. I mean, we had it with the House of Black and White um, at the start of the season as well, um, where you think there's going to be a lot of that, and actually, no, there's bits of it. But because it's an ensemble show with a massive fucking cast and a massive amount of plots to try and tie up or to keep going at this stage, certainly, um, you you don't get that much. Of what they promise anyway so in this case i wasn't that disappointed
0: yeah nor was i actually um we'll get into it as we go through but um i mean to start with then um it's not perfect but this is a pretty good opening yeah um it's good it would be excellent if we'd opened on the body hitting the floor in front of Tyrion instead yes. yeah uh but it's not bad <laughs> it, it's... it's not and it, it, it's it's quite
1: atmospheric as well you know it's it's nice because it's it's not blazing sunshine. It's not. No, it's not nicely lit. It's quite dingy. It's quite grim. And no, if if you're looking at it from an execution point of view, no, they probably could have done with a little bit more light so you can make out what the fuck is going on. Um, but no, if you're looking at it symbolically again, no, it's t- no Tyrion came into this. He was in a dark place, and now he's been kidnapped, and now it's even fucking worse. And you think, well, yeah, okay, it's supposed to be a bit bleak. Um, we'll come on to their inability to light the fucking shot when we get to season eight. Um, but th- I mean having watched this one back I'm looking at it going oh yeah this is just not boding well for what comes later on
0: uh yeah not really no and uh, we'll double down on it later in this episode as well we yeah we certainly will this is a very brief glance of of Tyrion and, and Jorah at the moment but a good opening nonetheless yeah um and then we're straight into Bronn and Jamie um I mentioned when it happened that I am so up for the Bronn and Jamie team up and yes. you know I continue to be so um They are amazing together. Just, just the little things they can bounce off each other so well. You know, just Bron to Jamie questioning his uh, when Jamie's given his big impassioned speech about why he's doing it, and Bron just cocks his head and sort of says, "Your niece." Yeah. Uh, And it's just the delivery. It's, it's so perfect. Um, They've got, they've already got that kind of just knockabout blokey banter about them where they will just mercilessly rip the piss out of each other. Yeah. Um, Whereas actually, you know that already either would die for the other. Um, But they're just ripping the piss out of each other, and it's great. I love it. Uh, There aren't too many relationships like that in this show. Um, The last one was Bronn and Tyrion, I think, to be honest. That's the only other time we've seen it. So, yeah, I I think it's good. I think the show needs it. I think it needs just that, you know, because it's the sword and sorcery kind of show that it is, it needs a little bit of machismo in there as well. Uh, And then these two just deliver it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, not only that, I mean, we get so many, so many instances whereby we have these big grandstanding scenes where everything is intended to move the plot along, such as the plot may be uh, for that particular story. And depending on who's writing it, depends how well it works. We don't get enough of these knock around scenes whereby we just got people being people killing time because they are on a fucking boat. It is going to take them however long it's going to take them to get there um and it's not 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 everything is 100 miles an hour and you do need these gaps sometimes and i think that we don't get enough of them in this show
0: no we don't um and it, I, I don't think that's so much that we don't get them as so often they're handled by the wrong characters you mm-hmm. know so how many times have we said there are pointless scenes and let's say it'll be between Varis and Tyrion, for instance who as a pair are interesting yes but Don't really have a spark in the way that these two do uh, and and tend to, you know, be very wordy, whereas whereas these two are just ripping the piss out of each other for the majority of this. And then then we end the scene actually on quite a nice sort of meaty moment for Jamie. So we do get some character work in this, you know, Jamie's delivery of it has to be me. Um, he's he's kind of a, a perfect counterpoint for John at, at this point now. Just as we said right back at the start as well, he, he's kind of he's almost an anti-hero as far as the show is concerned. But depending on which side of the fence you come down on, you could even call him the hero. You know, and, and just like John in previous episodes, you know he's he's laying it all bare here, and and he is honorable, and he has the weight of the world on his shoulder. So, you yeah. know, he's he's caught in a war that he doesn't want any part of. But he's going to do the right thing regardless, uh, just like John, So he's a perfect counterpoint here. Um, And I think that comes across very well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, Um, and then we we cut straight from him into Cersei just to keep that thread going. and, And Cersei once more giving council members exactly what they want. She is just a master manipulator. Uh, and she, and she's great when they allow her to do these these things. You know when when they allow her to play politics. I think she's absolutely at her best. Yeah. Um. And, and you know this is we we are sadly reaching the the peak of her power. I think. Yeah. Um, I think I think after this season, um, I mean
1: this is the season where they caught up with or overtook the books. Um. But yeah, I think <clears throat> I mean we've said excuse me, um, we've said a few times. I mean after this season, she kind of becomes a pantomime dame. Um. She you know she's even more exaggerated and even more of a caricature than she already is. And I think it's, it's a huge detriment to her character. And it's, it's unfortunate for Elena, uh, Lena Hedy because she does such a good job with what she's given the fact that she, what she's given in future episodes doesn't come close to as good as what we get in the scenes where we've seen, you know, we've seen her in even in these moments where she's not really playing politics. She's just kind of, you know, she's telling people what they want to hear. She's, she's sucking up because she knows she'll get it. What, it'll get her what she wants. And she's—it's not even political. It's just she's she's playing a game. She's toying with him. She's she's a cat with a mouse, and she's just you know, batting him around for the hell of it. But well, she think, just
0: she just wants to out of the way, doesn't she? It's as simple as that.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. As I say, it's just, it's just a case of well, yeah, I'll, I'll 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 flatter him. I'll tell him tell him what he wants to hear. I'll give him some big grand mission, which actually means fuck all, because that, no, what I know of the Iron Bank is that they won't give us, they won't reduce our rates, they won't give us a new deal, and they've already sided with Stannis at this point as well. So I'm kind of just doing it for the fuck of it, um, and yeah, it, it works really well. And we'll we'll get into these um, scenes with her later on in the show, um, where she might as well be, you know, sitting on the on the balcony in a fucking Death Star. You no, know, it's it's yeah. it's that bad.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It it does get very bad. Whereas here it is it is a lot more subtle. It's, just, it's clear what her intention is, but she does it all with a smile on her face, yes. and she's charming about it. Oh And yeah. that is that is just far more effective i think than as you say having a sort of sat on the balcony of the death star as you put it um so she's great here you know and then again she goes to see the sparrows and arms them you know she's she's playing with fire and we can kind of see that already as an audience yes. here we can see that she's treading a very fine line yeah um, and i think the
1: thing is as well i mean all the way through i mean all, certainly all the way through the show but i mean the what sixteen or eighteen years she was married to Robert, and the time you know, before that when she was you know, she was protected by her father. She would have always gotten away with it because she she was in a position of authority, but not with, but without the actual authority. Yeah. So she could afford to play these little games, and at some point, if it went tits up, somebody would intervene. Yeah. Whereas now she you know she's pulling all the strings, which she you no, know, she has been doing for a lot of for a very long time. But you just get you no know, you, you can just see that you no know, you can see coming a mile off this is gonna backfire spectacularly. Because all the shit we know about her already, you've got these puritanical fanatics and it's not gonna take them long to really hang on all the stuff you're saying other people are doing, we fucking know you've been doing as well. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean you, you you just look at it. I mean and I mean the it's a very short scene with Jonathan Price. Um but again, I think they both do an excellent job with it. Um and but yeah, it's just one of those. You look at it and go, mm, yeah, it's no, it's this isn't going to go well. And you kind of get the impression that's you know for Cersei, even well from from the end of the last season into this one, that things were just going to start going downhill, and you know her
0: her influence was going to start waning. I mean, yeah, she she is her own undoing. We mentioned it last season as well, mm. um, and and it's a shame that that's so mishandled later in the show because yeah. you know that's. That's quite a nice arc for her to, to be her own undoing, to fly too close to the sun, as it were. Yeah, um, I, I think would have worked really well, but they just screw the pooch so badly. Um, so, yeah, she arms the sparrows. As I, I, yeah, I just say, the scene is nice and not just because we know what's coming. Yeah, uh, there is there is something that feels very uneasy about her making a deal with them and arming them. There's something in the back of your brain that just goes, this is a very bad idea. What yeah, are you doing? We've, we've seen sort
1: of pacts and alliances like this in the show before. So we, we, already, no, we already know it's not going to go the way that it's intended to or that the person who's gone into it is going to intend because everyone has an agenda. Everyone no, everyone has something to gain. And it's usually the person who is looking for, or the, the person who thinks they're controlling things and influencing things, actually they're going to be on the receiving end of it before long because they can't, no it's it's, it's
0: Frankenstein and his and it's monster. It, it can't be controlled. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so, so she arms them, uh, and they immediately go after poor Loris Tyrell, who's yeah, it's, it's done nothing to deserve this. I mean, he's he's done nothing. Full stop. Yeah, uh, the entire show. I was, was going to say
1: he's on fuck all since day one.
0: Yeah, but he's done nothing to deserve this. Bless him, poor old Iron Fist. Well, this uh,
1: is it, and I mean, it it it's the whole the whole sequence actually was quite nice. So it's you no, know, so where it starts off and they're going door to door and dragging people into the street. You no, know, they, they smash open the kegs on the uh you no know, in the uh, in the marketplace, they turn turn over stalls. You know, it's it's a it's a full on Jesus at the temple, you know, uh, t- casting out the uh out the merchants and everything else. It's 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 a lovely sequence. Um and then they go into the brothel um and it's you know they um, they start executing the patrons and it's you know, all the while intercut with loris being branded or fucking marked or whatever you could know it's it's not as not branding as he's being uh, he's being bladed. Um so but you know, again just show no just showing who reminding us who these people are and then we get to the end of the sequence where they just completely surround Loris. And partly it to me it kind of looked like a bit like the um, the sequence in season one where all of Jamie's men surround Ned. Yes. And I I kind of thought and I kinda of hoped that Loris was gonna try and fight as well because we've already seen it. he's really adept with a sword.
0: I mean, uh, yeah, I was disappointed by was, that as I well. I was
1: hoping we'd get a bit more resistance to it, to be honest.
0: If, if nothing else, because it also lets him go out as a hero. Which, to be fair, he has been. He's done very little, but he's always yeah. been just and true. Yes, yeah, so like that... he's one of the, he's one of the very few characters that really hasn't done anything bad to anybody. Like, so he's just been fucked over. Um, which well, for is most of the show. Uh, well, yeah, I mean that's what he, he's been there deliberately to be fucked, doesn't he? I suppose, but you know. <laughs> What I'm saying is, you know, his inaction is almost as heroic as his action in this show then. Yes. Um, so it's it's a shame to just see him get gang raped, um, essentially. Mm. Um, well, all right, you know they didn't, but that's what it looks like they're going to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there, there goes Loris, really. Um, they're going to throw him in prison for the time being. Yeah. Um, now, we get Marjorie to the rescue then straight away, as yeah. always, just being masterful and wrapping the king around her little finger. Yeah. Uh, what's even better, though, once again, is the next scene with Cersei, where she has complete distance from this. Yes. And she has executed her plan flawlessly, and it's just wonderful. It's delicious to see her yeah. just sat there reveling in what she's done.
1: Yeah, it's it, 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 getting so I, away. I, I, it. I may have I may have poured the gas, and I may have left the matches on the table, but I didn't strike it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, I, that's it's, brilliant. it's brilliant. It's lovely. And I th- one thing I did note as well. Um, I mean, up to this point, we're not actually that far into the episode time-wise. It's moved along at a lick. This, I mean, this from, episode
0: does shift.
1: <laughs> it, it does, and I mean, I, I got to this point. I was like, "Oh, fucking alright, okay." We're, no, we're only twenty minutes in. Yeah, and all this has happened already. It, it's moved at quite a pace. And I'm, but when we got to the end, uh, when I got to the end, when I was watching it last night. I thought there was still another sort of twenty minutes to go.
0: So did I. It caught me by surprise when the credits rolled in this one as well, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, and it, that's that's to its absolute credit. Yeah, you know, This is happened. a really brisk episode. It is, and I'll, I'll
1: come on to the writing later on. There's something I want to say about the writing, but yeah, it's, it's it's worked really well so far, and I think that it was it's it's one of those surprising episodes where there's a lot there are lots of little things happening. It doesn't do masses to move. All the storylines along. I mean, obviously, this this moves along the um, the, the sparrows and the yeah, the fifth and it, it 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 brings that aspect to the fore because, as we said last time, um, we've had them in it. Um, and I you know the last episode was called High Sparrow, but he was barely in it. And we, we we're building to a point, and now all of a sudden, it's right. Okay, now this is going to kick into gear. And whether this is going to be the rest of this season, or whether it's going to be this season and next season, whether it's going to run t- until the end of the show, we don't know at this point. I mean, obviously, we do because we watched it. But now watching it for the first time, you wouldn't really know where this is going. But it. it it's an exciting, it's quite an exciting new aspect and i said uh, last season the way it was set up um in the book certainly is that you've got a trilogy of trilogies and book 4 is kind of you know, like the start it's it's like starting over and you know, introducing a lot of new things to then pull what's happened in the first trilogy through into the next bit and we haven't had enough of that so far we've had little glimpses with the iron bank we've had more of stannis we've had you no know, more you know, we've we've wrapped up the wildlings a little bit no we've had more with the three-eyed raven um but all of a sudden it's like right okay this is an entirely new fucking story that they have brought in this season and all of a sudden oh right okay
0: yeah yeah it is it's out of nowhere um and it's as you say it's thus far it's been fairly well handled they've built them steadily yeah um for the last four episodes but all along, I've been saying it's one of my least favorite storylines and and it hasn't annoyed me as of yet. But it's it's this episode specifically and it's the next scene specifically where I I said the penny suddenly dropped. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's why I fucking hate this storyline. Yes. Right. Here is the whole problem with the Sparrows. OK, the next scene after Cersei's had her kind of moment, um, they storm through the town and just do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, and they, and they guard in the temple as the king's demanding to go and speak to the high sparrow in order to sort this mess out. Mm. And they say no. Not only do they say no, they actually threaten him with violence. Yeah. Okay, they're armed, but they are unskilled. They're nobodies. They're not warriors. Uh, they're not fighters. They're nobody. He's got the fucking king's guard. They would tear through them in exactly. seconds, and they should.
1: They should. Yeah, and I think the, the problem is, and it's I don't know whether this is a character thing or whether this is just um iffy writing, but yeah, he has got the King's Guard with him. He's got what a dozen, if not more, King's Guard with him. Yeah. And there were possibly eight to twelve um Faith Militants standing on the steps saying no, House Bar is praying. Fuck off, you little inbred bastard. Um at that point, I c I can't remember who it was, but the whoever's the head of the King's Guard said, Shall no, shall we just kill the fuckers? And it, But it relies on the fact that he's not only a young and inexperienced king, he's far too fucking nice and he's far too naive. Having seen Joffrey be an absolute cunt to everybody he came across, having seen his father bully people, uh, particularly his mother, who, you know, apron strings are still attached You know, he, he's he's set in his mind That no, he's not going to be that sort of king He's not going to you know, go in All guns blazing But in reality, all he's saying is that I don't have the balls, I don't have the bottle To actually stand yeah. up and say, look, this is my fucking kingdom You don't just come in And start throwing your weight around, you petty little bastards He hasn't yeah. The it's, it's, it's all, just weak
0: It's, weak, he, and
1: it's weak and I don't know whether that's a character design thing Or whether that's that's a choice well, made, But it's, it,
0: it just seems to be that they, they haven't done enough with him as a character No I for agree To carry the way No I, I, I agree I, I totally agree Because it's definitely the insinuation that it's his character Because the crowd start to turn on him as well And he starts yeah. to feel a bit like oh I don't know So okay I don't agree with it. I definitely think there's a logic flaw there where any whether you're a weak king or not at the end of the day he is the fucking reigning monarch. He yes. wants to go in the temple and he has the fucking king's guard behind him. How and, and dare that, they he's... even question him.
1: Yeah, like, and I mean not only that. The fact is that no, they make a, an actual literal threat
0: yeah, like, at so that the point, king, irrespective of
1: what his, the king acts. says, it's right. We'll, yeah. we'll, dra- we'll drag him out of the way and gut these motherfuckers on the steps where they stand.
0: Yeah, it should have been for him to tell the king's guard to stand down, and not yes. for them to ask, should they act. But, yeah. nevertheless, the scene plays out the way it does. I feel it's mishandled. I feel it's very poor. Yeah. But then the very next scene, when he goes to see Marjorie, she immediately speaks the truth to him and says, What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Why didn't you just storm into the temple? You are the king. So at that point, and this is where the writing is really bad at that point, either because he listens to her anyway, he changes his mind and goes back, or she, as the Queen, gives the order to say, go in there, fuck him up, and get my fucking brother. It makes no sense whatsoever. None none whatsoever. They are not a credible threat. They never are, and they're built up to be, when all they actually are are whiny little bitches. And they just... They're religious zealots, and I, I have no time for that anyway. Okay, they are—they are untrained, unskilled. Yes, they have some weapons. They don't have numbers. They don't so... have
1: armor either. Don't forget. I mean, no. No. The, the only advantage they have in that scene is that they're like two steps higher, so technically they have the higher ground. But being unskilled, <laughs> untrained—I
0: mean, that's very—that's very important to have the higher ground. You well, know. yeah.
1: But you know, it's there's there's no way they win that they
0: they win any sort of battle in that scenario. So why the fuck would you retreat from it? Yeah, uh, you wouldn't. It's bollocks. This whole storyline is bollocks. I hate it so much, Uh, and this is the first time it's really rubbed me up the wrong way thus far this season. It won't be the last. Uh, This this just reminded me exactly why I hated it. Really, Uh, they they're just annoying. They're not a credible threat. They are just annoying. No, and it's like.
1: I mean if any, if anything I mean they've been built up very slowly over the last I mean this is the fourth episode so we've had them in the last three in dispatches we we know fuck all about them we don't know any, we don't know where they've come from we don't know anything about them we've we've had brief introductions to them as a group uh we've had an introduction to the high sparrow last week where he's at a soup kitchen and he gave his shoes away and all that sort of stuff yeah that's fine that's great so we've had that but then all of a sudden, we have one exchange between Cersei and House where She says, "Oh, bring back the Faith Militant." And for those of you who don't know, ladies and gentlemen, they used to be so they used to run the run uh, the the city before uh, before the Targaryens came in. So nice, no, nice bit of exposition there. And you think, right? Okay, well, right, that's fine. But how do they get a foothold so quickly? Yeah. And it's just like we've kind of it's, skipped.
0: It's like, it's skipped
1: their evolution within this story within this time
0: frame. Once again, they haven't earned this. No. That is the problem. We needed to see them grow up, essentially. They don't just suddenly become a credible threat. That's not how this works. No. You need to build villains. Uh, Now, had, for instance, Iron Fist tried to rip through them and they managed to fight him off. Yes. Even in numbers, okay, if they managed to fight him off, then at least we could sit back and go, huh, okay, maybe they've got some form of training. But they haven't. um, So...
1: And, I mean, when we come to the end of this episode, I mean, that'll come up in reverse, I think. And yeah, some, oh, yeah, some, totally. I mean, there's, 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 there's a lot to be said for that, so I mean, we'll we'll get to that at the end. But, yeah, it's, you're right, they haven't earned it, and I think it's just one of those you think, well, okay, fine, I was enjoying this episode until this point, and now I'm kind of like, well, okay.
0: Really fucked me off, that scene. Yeah,
1: really this, fucked me off. This, this, the, the sequence um, where he's outside the set and then where he goes back to Marjorie. And she basically just calls him a dickhead and walks
0: out. Yeah.
1: That really completely took the
0: wind up my sails. It really me did. Me and all. Um thankfully they do manage to save it with the next scene. Um yes. we get we get this scene between Stannis uh and John. And you know, the scene itself is good, but it's more and it, this is clever seed in first of all for later in the episode, but more yeah. importantly for the show in general. Stannis that does the line when talking about John. That wasn't Ned Stark's way. Yeah. Uh, Now, you know, I can't believe if you listen to this, you aren't aware of the... The many theories that were surrounding John's lineage at the time. Uh, of course, we know what happened there now, but yeah. it's it's properly spelled out here for the first time in big, flashy letters. Yeah, like John doesn't belong to Ned. It couldn't be any more obvious from Stannis's delivery of this line. It's the no, first kind right. of the first kind of real hint at John's background that we get. Um they've they've dropped subtle clues here and there throughout, but this is the first anvil that they drop to say, yeah. hang on, he's a little bit different. Um and then we get this scene then with, with John and Sam, which is just absolutely great, where John yeah. has to swallow his pride and write to Roos Bolton. Yeah. And, and and again, we just learn so much about John's character with a really short scene here. Hmm. Yeah. You know, like it's the right thing to do,
1: and yeah, he it, knows it. it. Yeah, and and that's and the, as John has always, he's always has said, no, I, I swore an oath. It's 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 for the good of the watch. It's you know, it's what I'm here to do. I'm multi commander. I have to do what's right for you no know, for the watch, but also for you no know, the world of men because that's what we're here to do. We're here to protect them. I can't do that with fifty men. I don't want to ask this murderous prick for his help, but I know I have to because if I don't, a he's not going to provide any men, and b. People aren't going to be allowed to pass through the north to get to the wall, so yeah. he. It's it's very much, you no, know, through gritted teeth. But I know what I have to do, and if I don't do it, it's going to backfire. And I know any respect that the men have for me, I'm going to lose because I'm too fucking proud and stubborn and all the rest of it to do what's right for them and for everybody else.
0: Yeah. Two two great evolutionary moments for John. I think you know they continue yeah. to build on his character and continue yeah. to build on him as a hero. Although I, really, I will really say, good. actually, I mean, sorry, on that bit, I did think it was quite fun uh,
1: the way that Sam tried to slide that one in without him noticing.
0: Yeah, oh, it was great. It Again,
1: was beautiful. It was so these, funny.
0: These two are kind of. It's kind of the reverse of the Jamie and Bronn relationship. It's a very different relationship that they have in that they aren't breaking each other's balls. Yeah. But they, they too are great at just like these, these little interlude scenes that, you know, this scene doesn't necessarily go anywhere, but it tells you a lot about John's character, just like the one with Jamie did. And, and yeah, you get these nice little lighthearted moments from Sam where he's just trying to slip it in and you get the comedy value. there. Which, yeah. yeah. It's a great, it's a really, really good little scene. Yeah. Um, And straight away. It's, it's followed up with a third great scene for, for John's arc, you know, with, mm. With Melissandra coming to see him and, and basically throwing herself at him. Yeah. You know, as as we've said before, she wants Jon Snow, clearly. Yeah. Um clearly. Uh, but him just turning her down flat for Egret's memory. Yeah. It's just is just lovely. And and you know, it's it's these things. Again, we said last season that Egret's one of the few deaths that resonate, at least for a little while. I, I do feel eventually she she dissipates into nothing, unfortunately. But yeah. Her ghost is still hanging in the air over Jon here. You know she's still yeah. looming large. Um, and then, of course, the ending of the scene is just—I mean, it's masterful writing. That's, yes, that's all you can call it. When she gets to the door and turns and says, "You know nothing, Jon Snow," yeah. and my little heart broke again, all over again. Um, it's just masterful, uh, and especially coming from Melisandra as well. You know she knows the full weight of those words. She knows exactly what she's saying to him. It's played that way as well. Yeah. Um. Great. A fantastic scene. Yeah. Really, really fantastic. Um. Yeah. And I think
1: as well. I mean, this um, this episode in general, but I mean, this scene and the what the um, the one at the brothel where um, where the um sparrows are in causing fucking chaos. Um, we get our tit quota for the last couple of weeks because it's been a little bit light.
0: It has, yeah. I mean, Melisandre is always quite uh, quite generous with the tits anyway, isn't she? So, yeah. you know, it, pretty much whenever Melisandre shows up, you got a 50-50 chance she's going to get a kit off. Yeah, so, true. you know, and it's not just tits either. She's not afraid of the full frontal, is she? Let's be honest. No. Um so, yeah, you know, to be fair though, with her, at least most of the time, it's motivated, it's not gratuitous. Yeah, um, it's certainly, I mean, it's motivated. Well, saying that, you know, is it necessarily motivated here? She could just as easily have climbed on him in her robe and dry humped him, I suppose. But, yeah, hey, uh, yeah. I, I'm not complaining. Yeah, so. did. yeah I mean, I, I think Malisandra's pretty hot to be fair, so I'm not complaining about it. Um, it's very, very rare that you're going to hear me say something like that. Most of the time I am complaining about the gratuitous tits on this show, but there you go. Uh, one rule for one, one rule for another. Yeah? Absolutely. Um, and so we're back to Stannis. And again, it's not quite the amazing scene that it should be. Uh, this is kind of just great form on the writing here. Just a little bit shaky on the dismount. I think, yeah. um, you know, the story about the doll is excellent, you yes. know, and it's, framed perfectly with Shireen's question of, you know, are you ashamed of me? That's Mm. really, really good. The story itself as exposition and as character work is fantastic. It's really well written. The problem is it's being fumbled because he's delivering it to Shireen, who must have already heard this. Yeah. She didn't get to this age and only now ask this question. No, that's right. And uh, Uh, and, and that that stuck in my teeth a little bit i, I yeah. feel like if that if somebody else had discussed that with Stannis, or if sheen had started the scene and then left and somebody else i mean really it should be happening with the onion knight shouldn't it or john snow it should, yeah, one it should know, be it I should mean, be that's... the onion knight because of his relationship with sheen or it should be john snow because him and him and Stannis do they, they sort of form in this bond yeah. Albeit sort of this kind of distant mutual respect, I feel like that would be a good way for Stannis to let the guard down slightly with John. Yeah,
1: I think you're right, and I think that I mean, uh, th- um, just reading about it. this scene was specifically written for the episode; it's not, it doesn't appear in the books. Obviously, oh, with... even
0: more credit then because it, yeah. it, it is genuinely it's, it's, apart a, from it's that, a
1: really it's... good. I, I really like this scene. I said, I, as you said, logic aside, um, I really like this scene and. Knowing where this story goes, where this particular arc goes, um, I think it's important because if we didn't have this, what happens later on with these, uh, with these particular important. characters? Yeah. It doesn't have the same weight, and so no. I think it, it is important. But I think you're right; it's not, it's not necessary the right thing to have the conversation with her because no. it seems entirely unmotivated. It seems to have come out of nowhere. I mean, she, as I say, she would know this story. She know she would know why she's different. She would know what happens to her. No, she would have asked by now because she, no, she's what ten, twelve?
0: Yeah,
1: no. yeah you don't you don't get to so you don't get to that age and not wonder Right? why do I look so different why can people not touch me why can I not go out why can I not be seen um so yeah it, that bit doesn't ring true but the scene itself I really enjoyed I thought it was really good so, and oh, it I gives, thought
0: the whole scene was great yeah, yeah it, it gives it
1: gives it gives stannis a little bit more depth as well because thus far he's been very much two dimensional we've not really seen any any motivation behind him which is just well I should be king because my brother my brother was king and his kids aren't his kids yeah, but I I only know that because somebody's told me that, and I don't I don't really have any conviction behind it. I can't no. This is th- that's all perfunctory.
0: We've had no actual character from him until now. No, uh, and and this is it's really good. He handles the material really well. Yeah, the story, as I say, is excellently written. It's just a shame, and it's such a such an easy fix I don't know how nobody was sat there going hang on this feels a bit cheesy because that ultimately is how it feels it feels a little bit botched and cheesy because he's delivering the screen and it's it's it feels a bit expositiony then because she would already know it so I feel like you know we're being told this for our benefit as an audience as opposed to it feeling natural and it's such an easy fix to have her leave the scene and someone else come in and say are you okay Or something like that. You know, he could be feeling troubled about the question she'd asked. Uh, He could still reassure her. And then, you know, somebody else can come in. Oh, are you feeling okay, my Lord? And then he can launch into this with them. Um, So it was an easy fix. But nonetheless, what we get is good. It's just a shame uh, that it's delivered to Shreen really and, and it's not just for their characters as well what it also does is seed the stone men which will yeah. become important later on so yes. it, it does quite a lot of heavy lifting and it it's handled very well um so so credit to them on that. Yeah um now having said that about delivery of exposition we had a little finger in a scene next and do you know what he he delivers exposition almost as well as Tyrion doesn't he? It's a yes. different approach with little finger totally different uh but he's excellent nonetheless when you give him stories to tell yeah he's he's just got the charisma to pull it off it, uh, that's the key same as with peter dinklage totally different speed totally yeah. different type of charisma but he's just got it he can pull it off um really really good uh scene with him um and then we get sort of um we get the backstory we we again we pretty much get it spelled out to us where yeah. john's come from you know he says he kidnapped her and raped her yeah and that is so well done after stannis's earlier comment about john you can and, and that was only sort of 10 minutes prior so it's still fresh in the mind hmm. like this is this is clever. This this is clever writing because they're not spelling it out. They're just dropping the breadcrumbs for you. Yeah. And if you're paying attention, it's all here. If you it read is. in between the lines and picking up on the subtext, John's whole story is being laid bare here.
1: It, it is. And I think not only that, I mean it it's easy to overlook because we've we have we've had this story before. We had it in this first or second episode where Robert came to Winterfell and he's down in the crypt with Ned talking about um talking about the uh, about Ned's sister. And so we've already had that. No, he raped and murdered her. This is what started the war. We know we've had that already. So this is just, just bringing that back to the forefront. So just reminding us of something we might have forgotten yeah. over the course of the last four and a half seasons. Um, and yeah, it works really well. And, and I mean, again, we get uh, we get, um, Baelish being creepy as all hell just because that's who he is. Um, we get Sansa again, just starting to you know, to grow in. You no, know, she's she's developing every every time we see her. She's becoming a little bit more astute, a little bit wiser, um, a little a little bit more um, understanding of the world, possibly through exposure to people like Baelish, but also from exposure to other people as well. Because I mean, Baelish is still telling her what she wants to hear. She you know, he's still telling her the fairies, you no, know, the fairy tales of oh well, you know, you won't actually have to you know, go through and marry um, uh, Ramsay because um, Stannis is coming. And he's gonna he's gonna liberate Winterfell, um, and you know you'll you'll be given the north and all this sort of stuff. And she, he's he's play he's blatantly playing up to that. But she, for all the, for all the improvements we have had with her over the last couple of weeks, she's still naive enough to take him at his word. Um, and that no, I mean this will be this will become a theme. And it was a theme with Cat as well, whereby she she misplaces trust in him very very, very easily.
0: She does. That's that's it's, part of his character though as well, isn't it? It, it, so. it is. But I mean,
1: we look at I mean, obviously she doesn't she doesn't know she wasn't there when he you no, know, he turned on Ned, he put a knife to Ned's throat and had him arrested. She you know, so she she wasn't there for that. And all the false promises that he made to Cat. She she was she's she saw him throw um uh whatever her fucking name was out of the moon door. I can't remember remember a bloody name. Um no, she saw that, but she you no, know, she Hitched no, hitch, her uh, her wagon to his. Was uh, it was it Lysa? Lysa, was yes. So yeah. yeah. So she she hitched onto his wagon and she you no know, she she went with him. She sided with him and um that. And again, it's just like how how duplicitous does he need to know how, how what does he need to do in your presence in your fucking field division for you to actually realize you can't trust him.
0: I mean, that, you know, that will come. Uh, I think uh, it's yeah. more just about that, that slow burn that we were talking about in the building of those characters, you know, and, and you do see that a bit here where, um, again, great great delivery from here where he says even the most dangerous men can be outmaneuvered and you've learned to manoeuvre from the very best. You know, it's they are seeding where this relationship is going to go. Um, I yeah. think it's very well-delivered exposition and it's a very nice throw forward as well. You know, yeah,
1: it, uh, it is. I mean, I think it, it's just for, again, it's it's that logic thing whereby, as as a human being, you you can you can only endure so much or experience so much before you, you know you realize actually you get your fingers burnt every time, and it, I don't know. It just seems there doesn't seem to be have been enough time. And I think the the problem is as well we because we jump around so much in this show, we so much will have happened off screen with these two to build their relationship that I'm sure not. I'm sure that in the time they've had together, the legwork would have been done. But we haven't seen it, and I, I I just don't trust it enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think I think the relationship plays for me, and it, it part of it is because that she is responding to him. Yes, but that's because thus far, everything he's done for her has worked. Like, yes, we know that she can't trust him, but she doesn't because you know, whilst whilst he may be shifty and whilst some of his acts may be illegal, and mm. she's witnessed that it's all paid off for her thus far. So she's, she's no reason to suspect him. Uh, obviously, as she grows in power and as she grows as a character and, and grows as a person, she will realise that she's she's being played. Um, but I, it works for me here and I think it's cemented with the line as well. I really like the line. Um, I, I think it, it, and it, it does sort of foreshadow where Sansa's going as a character. Um, the only thing I didn't like about this scene, actually, there was only one thing. Uh, and it's quite trivial. Uh, you'll know this better than me. Wardeness. Is that a fucking word because it doesn't sound like one?
1: I don't think I'm not sure. Surely um, you're
0: just the warden of the north aren't yeah, you?
1: I I thought so. I don't I don't think there's a female equivalent. I think a warden is a warden.
0: Yeah, whether you're male or female or whatever um you're you're just yeah, a warden. You're the warden. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did, I, that, I didn't that's think... that stuck in my teeth. I, yeah, was like, I didn't, I didn't think it was a, I didn't
1: think it was a gender title, but I'll have to look at that one. Up. No,
0: it just it just sounded like mangling of words. Um, well, on but, this show, never, gee, never. Uh, loved, loved the scene between them. I, I generally, I thought it was a fantastic scene. We've had a great run of scenes, um, and then it just gets even better because we get what I've been crying out for for the last couple of weeks. We get Jamie and Bron kicking ass together. Yeah. And it's fucking brilliant. It couldn't be any better. It's amazing,
1: it and it's 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 good as well because I mean, we've we know we we saw Jamie in the first couple of seasons, whereby you know obviously he's the Kingslayer, he's the best swordsman in the in the land, and all the rest. Of it. We've had all this shit. Then we saw, saw him getting um getting his arm amputated, and we saw Bron teaching him to fight left handed, and that really going fucking badly. But we've not seen him in battle yet. So nope. this was this was a good a good transition of that and there's a great line from uh, from Braun after the battle where he says oh you had a good teacher
0: yeah um, when uh, Jamie it's, it's, says oh
1: it was just luck and he says no you were a good teacher and again it's just that great lines the the way the the way that they they're building on this relationship very quickly because I mean yes they've been in scenes together before but they've not really up until this episode they've not really had a great deal to do together yeah. there's been you no know, every time they've been together it's been at a table or in a room you no know, there's no. There's no urgency to any of it whereas now all of a sudden it's like right okay well we've got to sort the shit out now because otherwise we're going to die yeah and no, we get now we get the thing about you know um i don't, i can fight what i can kill one if he's slow enough so bron's first thing is well okay i'll take that one out he's slow enough now you can fucking kill him
0: yeah you can kill him it's great um, again just ball busting you know bron is not worried for a second really. no because he, um, he knows that, yeah there's there's four of them but there's only four of them yeah, exactly. Four of them. I can take those, but I'm yeah. going to have some fun first. And what's what's really nice about it as well is kind of the again, just the, the new Jamie, if you like, you know, back back in season one, he was incredibly cocky and you'd, you'd see him walk into a battle like this, much like Bron is. Yeah. And just, you know, every move would be correct, even down to everything he says would be commandeering correct. Whereas here, you know, Bron basically said to him, Look, keep your mouth shut. Because you're out of your element here anyway, you know, this, is, this isn't King's Landing, you're out of your element, so just keep your fucking mouth shut. Yeah. And as soon as he opens it, he puts his foot in it straight away, where he just says, oh, I thought the sharks would get us. Yeah. And it just falls completely flat. Yeah. It, it, just great. Great. They are a fantastic double act. This kind yeah. of just... And, and they will carry on to be company. as well. Yeah. They, they're fucking fantastic together. Yeah. Um brilliant brilliant fight scene and like you say yeah it ends perfectly as well where you know Jamie suddenly discovers that actually he can use his uh, his metal hand to his advantage well that was I'd forgotten how the fight went I
1: I knew obviously they were going to no they were going to come through the fight but I I kept on expecting him to throw his hand up to block yeah, um, yeah. and then when he you no know, when he, he he catches he catches the sword in you know, in the the formed hand and you know they get trapped in there it's no it's obviously that's his realization but I was I was I was expecting it to do something different but it works really well, and all of a sudden, as I say it's, it's, we've seen Jamie at a particular no, since he lost his hand, he's been at a really low ebb, and all of a sudden, this, this is like the kick in the ass where you go, okay, well hang on, maybe I'm not completely fucking useless after all.
0: Yeah, and, and it,
1: it's it, it, it's a nice, it's a nice point for him because I mean, and we've seen it in this episode as well. he's beating himself up. He has to do this because it's his no, quote unquote his niece. Um, he has to do this because it's Marcella, and because Cersei needs him to do it. But he's he doesn't believe he can do it. That's why Bron's there. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this gives him some of his confidence back that he lost when he lost his hand. And it's really nice to see, and it's interesting to see how we'll you know, how we will come back from that
0: effectively over the next couple of seasons. Yeah, um, and it, there's a, there's just a lovely moment as well uh, about two thirds of the way through the fight where kind of Jamie's not really doing that well, but he's hanging in nearest before they kind of go tumbling down the yeah. bank. And Bron just looks over and sees what he's doing, but consciously doesn't help. Yes. He just looks over and he's like, no, he has to do this and he can yeah. do this. And yeah. that's just He's got re- it, he just doesn't know. That's another one of those really nice moments that the show pulls off so well where yeah. they don't have to say anything. You know, the, the performers just managed to carry it with an expression of, no, it's okay, he's got this and he needs this. If I go in and save him this time, then yeah. it's going to knock his confidence. He needs this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really really good scene. Um then we get our first proper introduction to the sand snakes. Yeah. Um now I fucking love the sand snakes. I wish we saw more of them. I think they're fantastic characters. Yeah. Um unfortunately, a lot of the dialogue in this introduction is very clumsy. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I've
1: I've made some notes this week and I have written down what the fuck are they talking about. Yeah. Uh, reading bad. about it, I mean the in in the books, the there are eight of them, um, in the books and they've whittled it down to three, um, for for the show, which I think that's a good thing because I think, I think that
0: would work better. I think eight is too many.
1: Yeah, I think I was gonna say, I think that's a good thing because there'd be too much there'd be too many to try and follow. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, three is much better.
1: If you know, I mean they've they've not done a great deal with them, but they've done enough to introduce them as as individuals and they've given them enough traits in the you know, the scene we've had with them to think, right, okay, well there's no, no the, that one's sporty and that one's ginger and whatever. However, they're going to do it. It's like it's like they've said, right? Okay, well, we're not just making them generic female assassins. No. We're, to, no, we're going to actually make them into people. Which sometimes the show does. It's off. It's credited with doing it with more more characters than I think it deserves sometimes. But I think by by whittling it down and maybe combining some of the traits, I don't know. I've not I've not read the the book, but they've 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 gone right. Okay, well, we can't really work with a core of eight in this group because there's just too much going. There will be too much to go on. In what is effectively going to be what half a season run?
0: Yeah, they they're not in it for very long. Um, no, but I think so you're me. right. I, I think I think they're actually. There's enough shorthand in their outfits and yeah. in in the way they you know in the way they performed you know credit to the performers
1: yeah and the, and the a, way they
0: interact as well again yeah. credit to the writing though I think they've done a really good job with yeah it. There's, there's enough shorthand there that we don't need them to verbalize all of their backstories for us we don't need their origin stories we particularly don't need the whole thing about how Oberyn found one of them and just and it again just like with Stannis's story earlier on there's nothing wrong with it it just feels like everyone in the scene has heard that story before so that's yeah. entirely for our benefit yes and that's clumsy and it's yeah. unfortunate because otherwise as i say I, I think they handle their introduction quite well you know i like the, i like the guy with the scorpion on his head and stuff that all yes. works really well um and I, and I like them they're cool interesting characters um but they yeah they just fudge the dialogue really badly yeah i think so so the scene doesn't quite have the impact that it could yeah. um, but just in general they're going to get a short shrift anyway as does Oberyn's entire storyline as I've yeah. told about plenty of times because I would be so up for just seeing them go on this vengeance arc for the next couple of seasons and actually get some blood Yeah, but we don't get that and it's a shame um, but you know I shouldn't be surprised about that by now should I well exactly so, um, so yeah they're really good then we get the next scene with Tyrion and Jorah and Tyrion just basically fucking Sherlock in Jorah yeah is great it's the first time I think he's actually felt like Tyrion all season in fact since the trial it's the first time it's felt like Tyrion like he's just he's looked at him and he's smart enough to just go ah okay I know who you are I know what you want and this is fucking hilarious yeah And, and that feels like Tyrion to me um, it,
1: it does, and I think that I mean, it's just, I mean, you, you're right. We've not really seen Tyrion as himself since the middle of the trial. Um, once, they no. bring, once they brought once they brought Shae out in the trial, he, he, Tyrion just stopped being there, and yeah. everything he's done since has been like the anti-Tyrion. Yes,
0: um,
1: and yeah, it's it's nice to see him back, and it's oh, it, it's good to see, it, it's good to remind viewers, but it's also good for him to remind himself of who he is and actually how clever he is. Um, and then the fact that you know, he just start, burst out laughing when he said, "When um, George, said, I'm taking you to the, um, I'm taking you to the Queen, not that Queen, uh, to, uh, the Queen I serve as Daenerys Targaryen." And Tyrion just pisses himself laughing. He's like, "I was fucking going there anyway, you dickhead." This which is entirely we said,
0: Yeah, which we said last week, and I found hilarious for him to yeah. point it out. You know, thank you for the kidnapping, pointless as it was, or something. Yeah. Says, it? Um it's just, yeah, again, really good scene. It's and it's nice to to have Tyrion back. You know, yeah. we we've, we've said for a few weeks now he's been acting out of character. Yeah. Um, and and it it felt kind of unmotivated as well. So for them to swing that back around. It's yeah. Good. yeah. It's the most I'm, he felt like Tyrion in a long, yeah. long time.
1: I mean, I wasn't. I mean, jo- I wasn't overly sold on Jorah. I think because what we've we've seen Jorah's character sort of soften over the the over the years he's been with Daenerys. Um, so for him, all of a sudden to be you know more or less monosyllabic and yeah. not not it just didn't feel like Jorah. Um,
0: but it's not the end of the world. It didn't it didn't detract from the scene for me. It's just one of those. I thought that no, I think it's, it's also... a little bit more yeah maybe but i think then there's also an argument to be made there for the fact that you know that was daenerys's effect that you know that, that brought that out in him and now he is being shunned by her so there's maybe that makes a bit more sense for him to kind of regress slightly and be a bit more pissed off um but but yeah it would have been nice for, for him to have more to do um yeah. i like Jorah as a character a great deal as i've said many times so i'm always happy for him to have more to do <laughs> yeah um but yeah, it, it was it was fine. It was a good scene. It worked. Um and then we get the scene with barson Selby and, and Danny. And we've talked about how we've had a few scenes this episode that have just had a, a nice little light touch to them and don't yeah. really add anything, but are really nice. I never thought we'd get one of those with Danny, but no but here it is. She fucking smiles. Yeah. She actually I I went into shock. I couldn't fucking believe it. She's got teeth. Yeah. Who I knew? Mean, it,
1: it was... It was a really nice scene, and again, it's, it's that. It's, a, no, it's that, a
0: lovely scene. It's, just it's, a, it's that. It's death a touch. lovely,
1: warm scene. I mean, yeah, it, it's just one of those that you, you, know, you don't. We couldn't. No, we could have got away without having it. We didn't necessarily need it. Um, I mean, it goes into what happens now at the end of the episode. But it's just one of those. It's like, well, yeah, okay, we've we've had these light-hearted exchanges. We've had these you know, these nice bits of characters. So you know, we, we've we've probably learned more about half a dozen characters in this episode than
0: we have in the entire run of the fucking show. And that's called good writing. Um, even yeah. even this, this scene on its own, like, yeah, it, it seems pointless. But, yeah, it does actually go a great deal to add in weight to the final scene, you know, to, to have in the scene with barson and Danny just to put him at the forefront of our mind before the end scene yeah. and to dress him up as somebody who is actually, you know, somebody that we like and somebody who is honorable and is able to have a laugh with the queen and be quite charming and disarming around her. That's all good character work for him. Hmm. Um, and it all, yes, it might, you know, you could argue that maybe we should have had this ages ago. Cause let's be fair. Whenever he shows up, usually he doesn't get much to do. We, no. we hear more about him than we actually see him do. You always yeah. hear tales of Paris and Selby. Um, but it's never too late is what I'm saying. You know, if, if, as long as the work is putting in the right place, yeah, it's not too late, you know, when they give the right amount, they put it in the right place and it's well done. um, so I really, really like that scene. I'd go as far yeah. as to say it's probably, and we've had some great stuff, but I think it's probably my favourite scene of the episode. It's very it's very innocent. Yeah. Um, but just to actually see Danny smile. <laughs> like, like, Emilia Clarke's got some wattage. Like, she's got charisma. She's got star power. Like, I don't know why they don't use it. Like, Danny doesn't have to be so motherfucking miserable all the time. Of course she does, like, because she's a, yeah, she's a like woman in also. Game of Thrones. She's not allowed Maybe to be happy. I'd like her a bit more if she would just warm up a touch, you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, everything's doom and gloom with her all the time. Um, even John smiles occasionally, very fucking occasionally. Very occasionally, yeah. You know, does happen. Um, so yeah, lovely scene. Yeah. Um okay, now then we're on on to the home stretch. Yeah. So Sons of the Harpy are attacking now. I thought the Unsullied were like the best of the best of the best of the best.
1: Like, yeah, but only when only when they're on duty. When 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 they're off duty, they're when fucking. When they're off monsters.
0: duty, they're pussies yeah. essentially because the sons <laughs> of the Harpy have a pretty good fucking go with them, don't they? Let's be well, honest. Yeah,
1: but I mean, in all fairness, I mean, this was we were talking about earlier on with the um, the faith militant. Is they haven't been built, they haven't earned their uh, they haven't earned their place in the story. These fuckers have. Yeah, the, I think you know, by comparison, they have, and all of a sudden, they've got the numbers. They've got no. They've more or less got the city on their side um, and they, you know, they've got history, they've got tradition and we've just been warned in the previous scene that actually shit's going to go down because nobody is happy. The, the the former masters aren't happy, the former slaves aren't happy so shit's going to start going down and we saw um, a couple of weeks ago with the prostitute who lured in um, whichever one of the unsullied it was and then he got murdered while, you know, while she was cradling him. Now, we we had that, so we, we've had this built up so we know there's this this... And it's not even a quiet resentment of, of Danny and her, and her occupation. It's a full on fucking hatred from a lot yeah. of people. And a lot of people she thinks she's helping because yeah. you, you, you don't just go in and you know, rip up everyone's way of life. Be, even if their way of life is shit, you change it from within. You don't just come and piss on it, which is yeah. what she did. And I think that, so we, you know, we've had this build of the Sons of the Harpy for probably, well, more, well, more than just this season. I mean, we've had the, the, sort of the, the undercurrent since she turned up in Marine.
0: Oh yeah, no. they I mean, they definitely earned. It's just that again, like we've had like what three seasons now of the Unsullied, and and we haven't really seen them fight that much. So we've had three seasons of having them built up as like the most elite fighting force. Oh yeah, there has ever been. You know, and they'll be sold as that throughout the rest of the show as well. Yes, and yet they're getting their fucking asses kicked here by oh. the sons of the Harpy. Who? Okay, now undoubtedly some of them were in the fighting pits and stuff, we know that, that's been yeah. mentioned so we know they should be capable of fighting but still, we're essentially talking about fucking Navy SEALs here,
1: Yeah, exactly. getting
0: their asses handed to them by a bunch of drunks in a bar like, it it doesn't make sense, no. unless there are massively, massively significant numbers, okay, which they try and go for, Yeah, I but mean, then they're... Grey Worm who admittedly is our hero once a so he's bound to be better, Yeah. You know, he manages to make a pretty good fist of taking out about nine or ten on was, his own. I was going to say, after everybody else is dead, he just, well,
1: he, he does what we expected Iron Fist to do earlier.
0: Yes. He, he goes all last
1: stand on the motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was fine. The one problem I did have with this, um, and it's so you know, we, we get this thing where obviously the, the bells start ringing and there's trouble. And, burst and immediately you know, he's walking through the street. He's got a smile on his face. He's, out, he's humming a little tune and all the rest of it. And you know, rather fittingly, he's not in his armor. Which yeah. is all every fucking time we've seen him for the last four and a half years, he's been in his armor. All of a sudden, he's not. Yeah. So you know he's dead straight away. So um, he's lost his plot armor. Yeah. So we get that and he, straight away, he's not wearing his armor, but he's still got his fucking sword with him. He's a, he, he pulls his sword out while he's walking down the street, going towards the trouble. So, no, anybody walking towards him is liable to lose an ear. And he goes in, he starts kicking us, and that's great. And he's, he's overwhelmed and he, he goes out swinging, and that's fine. However, I, I'm i not I wasn't entirely convinced the first time I watched it and watching it back now, i am really not. Apart from that one scene in the, no, just that came immediately before this, I don't think he I don't think we've done and we've done enough to get to know him. So all we've seen is he's this kick ass warrior. He's you no know, he's the he was he was head of the King's Guard, he did this, he did that, he's come in and he 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 does some serious damage to these people and then he just gets fucking stabbed in the side by some rando. Yeah. And it's just such an anticlimax.
0: Uh, I totally agree I've actually written something to that effect here Um, I think what I've written here is Barristan Cleaning House is fucking amazing Like it's great, it's handled so well He gets the hero's entrance, he gets the hero's death And you know, through yet We haven't seen him do much throughout the show But like I said, he's constantly talked of As this great, like you know That mother, he's like fucking Obi-Wan essentially, like you know When he needs to, like Shit's gonna go down, you get in his way You're gonna be fucking sorry yeah, you you know he can handle himself. So that's all good. And this is the first time we've really seen him cut loose and he's fucking amazing just going in and cleaning house. It is brilliant. Yeah. But again, that that death then just it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Like I wasn't even sure he was dead initially. I was like, well, What the no, fuck happened there?
1: Well that's it. And I mean they leave the the way they leave the episode is that he and Grey Worm are just you now lying on the floor bleeding out. Yeah. So I mean at this point there's no, there's 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 ambiguity there's hope for him that no, they could both again survive um uh, he's no, he's he's wounded but he's all right, and no they did the job they got no they got they got away with it, and that no, this'll this'll incur Danny's wrath, and she'll go all fucking postal on the city again um so yeah i mean it, it's left it open, but it was just such, to me it was just a massive anticlimax because like you th- you know the the way he's the way he's been set and the way he's been sold he you wouldn't be able to fucking cheap shot him like that.
0: No, no, that's what I'm saying. It's just his death just does come out of nowhere. It's like, yeah. It, it, it's yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's
1: again we've talked about this so many fucking times. It doesn't have the weight it needs because it's no, it's just it's nothing. It's just thrown away. It's like, no, he might as well have been in a bar
0: and got fucking glassed. Yeah, the the reaction it got from me, and it's purely because he's been built up and built up and built up, and then it turns out he is fucking excellent, right? Yeah. And the reaction it got from me was ah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was that was my feeling like oh i like i was just getting to like him like, <laughs> you know, That that was what it was it wasn't like i'm so fucking mad i'm never watching this show again and it wasn't like oh my god that was awesome because he took all those dudes out it was just mm. I, like I, i'm really disappointed now because i want to see him do that again Like, yeah well that was that was it i I just felt
1: i i felt let down by by that yeah and i felt, and, I, I, and... I felt that, that i felt they let the character down as well
0: I don't know if I felt let down by the scene. I just felt let down by the death itself. Yeah,
1: by by, by um, that—that's what I in mean. In fact,
0: yeah. I, I kind of feel exactly like I do about Oberyns, only less angry. Uh, where actually the character cuts loose and is fucking amazing, and then just gets killed in the most stupid fucking way imaginable. Yeah, um, yeah. Just, yeah,
1: that, yeah, that's it for me as well. It's, it's it's not the scene itself; it's it's the death. Yeah. It's just like oh, right, okay, then. Yeah, I agree. No, no need to get invested in that character then.
0: I mean, what what should have happened there? If what we were going for was was the heroic death, which is which is what they were going for, is he literally had to lay down on a sword for um, for Grey Worm? Is yeah. what needed. Like, yes, he saves Grey Worm, but he doesn't necessarily die in order so Grey Worm can live. What it oh, needed right. to be was him literally taking a blade for him. Yeah. Um, you know, and then and then Grey Worm can finish it off. And then that gives him the hero's death that he needs. And it also allows him to pass his torch as kind of this protector character. Yes, exactly. become to Grey Worm. Yeah. Um, would have meant so much more. And it made and it would have made more sense for that to happen and him pass it to Grey Worm than Jorah as well, because Jorah is so morally grey uh, yeah. and clearly wants it. And he hasn't earned it yet because that would cheapen his story. Whereas Grey Worm is fully ready to take that on now. He was born for that. Yeah, so that would have yeah, that would have been much weightier and made much more sense. I don't know why they didn't do that. It's, it's Game, of, Game Thrones. of Thrones. Yeah, um, but all in all, like yeah, that was a bit annoying, and some of the writing was a touch clunky, but most of it was fucking excellent. All in it, all, this was a really good episode.
1: It, yeah, oh, I, I, I agree. It. I think this is probably my favourite season so far. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, it moved at a lick. I was, I, I got, I got to this point. And I was like, oh right, there's no more shit. I was actually disappointed the episode ended because I was, no, I, was I was enjoying the way it, the, so the, was the, pacing, I, yeah. the pacing was good. The writing was good for the most part. Um, yes, okay, they were. You know, we came to a screeching halt round about the middle and I had to, I had to pick it up again. But that was fine. It worked. They, they recovered it. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, and I, it's the first time, fucking hell, for quite a while where I've gone, I'm going to put the next one on now. And the only I reason I didn't exactly was because it was same. like two o'clock this morning.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I but, yeah. felt exactly the same. The only reason I didn't was because I was already an episode in front. Yeah. So I had to kind of consciously be like, no, you need to stop. Um, but yeah, I. by the time it ended, I was like, oh, hang on. I, I'm ready for more this. And I think part of that as well, mind you, is not just the pace of the episode, and how into it I was. It is that anticlimactic ending as well, because the ending's a bit like, the fuck?
1: Yeah, like, it's, yeah, so it's, a, you, you want to know well. where it's going. You want to see, you yes. see, well, hang on, how are they getting on from, how are they moving on from that? Yes, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so, so I really enjoyed this episode. Um, incidentally, this is a first time writer.
0: Well, they need him back then. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, it's a guy called Dave Hill who previously worked as an assistant to the Wonder Twins.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um Oh my god, he must have Fucked it like that is one of those jobs where you know he's just sat there going, Oh you fucking idiots. Yeah,
1: you fucking like, morons, what are you doing? Fucking
0: knobs. I like, mean, how,
1: have you seen the um the Family Guy Star Wars um spoofs? Yeah, yeah. The the the, the crawl the, the crawl on the third one is like we didn't even write this one, we let the interns write it. Yeah. That was the first thing I thought when I read that. It's like they've gone, Oh fuck it, we can't be bothered. Just let's no, give it to one of the kids to do. And, and he's he come has out, fucking swinging out of the park. He's <laughs> come out swinging, and he has gone. You know what? Yeah. This is my fucking shot, and I'm taking it. He's and gone for he, the moonshot. Yeah, yeah, and he's done such a good fucking job. I don't know how many he did. Um, I'll look now. But um, he wrote four. But look at it. So you wrote home in season seven, Eastwatch, and Winterfell in season eight, and this one. So yeah, some of the, some good episodes as well, actually.
0: He's done, he's done season eight though. I don't know which ones they are in season. That, eight. That's that's the, the coffee cup episode, Winterfell, I think. Oh okay. Oh, i do no, I might be wrong.
1: Um, no, it's, it's the it's season opener.
0: That was one of the better ones, actually. To be fair. Yeah, they
1: they, they steadily went downhill, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, he, no, he he did. He wrote four. Um, so yeah. Written. <laughs> just yeah.
0: giving him more to do. Well that's it yeah. Yeah. Um but no I, all in all really good episode. Um I'm excited for next week. I probably yeah. shouldn't be because um yeah that'll not a- be disappointed. So well next week's is ne- the title of next week's interview is called Kill the Boy. Okay. Uh, written by
1: Brian Cogman, directed by Jeremy Padeswa. So um yeah, maybe might be might be all right. Wonder
0: Twins haven't uh, Coggan's not too bad generally. He can be hit and miss, can he? We've we've had but, some good. But I think by this by this point, he's a isn't producer as well at this point. So. He is. Yeah,
1: yeah. So. Yeah. Um. And this uh, first time director next week. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I think. You know, I think they. I mean, this, this episode is probably. Let's say it's the first one in a long time where gone, fuck right. Okay, what's next? Um. Let's say by the time we got to the end episode, it was pushing two o'clock, and I had to change the disc, and I thought, you know what? Fuck it. Um, I'll go to bed like a normal person so 'cause I've got to be up at five for work. Um but yeah, I was really looking forward to it. So hopefully, um as I say hopefully now next week's I'll, I'll live up to it as well.
0: Time will tell. Yeah. Time yeah. will tell. Um, but yeah, so far, um season five's not been too bad, has it? To be fair?
1: No, I mean it, it it's moved along well. I mean, we said the last season um was the best we'd had thus far. Um and I think we're you know we, we we are evolving from that as well. But we're we're evolving rather than devolving. So you know, we we are things are changing but they're changing for the better i think the more comfortable that they get in terms of what they're putting out the more confidence that hbo have got in them um to, to give them a bit uh, a bit freer rein, possibly but for whatever reason they, the show seems to be coming into its own a little bit at the moment my concern at this point watching it first time was that i was very much aware that they were catching up with the books that was the, the thing that was all over um the media was that they're catching up with the books. By the end of this season, if they follow the current formula, they will surpass the books. And then the source material isn't there for them to to lean on. And that was where I started to worry. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not the only one. I know that. Um, I think the majority of fans kind of thought that as well. Worried. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this season so far is going along at a lick. I mean, we're, well, of course, we're at the halfway stage next week. Um, and, I th- yeah, it's gone quite well. Um, but, yeah, as, as always, you know, if, uh, if you've got opinions or if you want to talk to us about it, uh, get, reach out, get in touch. Um, get, you can find us on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. Uh, you can go to our website, ddpodcast.net. Uh, leave a message with us through there. you find the previous episodes and other, other shows as well. Uh, on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network. Wherever you get your podcasts from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, wherever, um, you'll find us on there too. Um, so like, share, subscribe, leave us a comment. Um, we'll get back to you as best we can. But until next time.
0: Game. Over.